at the show. Boys are scattered. Laundry never ends. You've wrecked the house. It's tiring. Yet here I am. I never tire of watching your little face as you sleep. So peaceful. Your eyes wander, your fingers twitch, your leg moves. Are you running in your dreams? Are you playing in the ocean? Or walking across green pastures? I wonder, how is it that I can be so tired, so confused, sometimes it even hurts, but still, I feel breathless over you. I'm scared, but courageous, torn, but resolute. It's terrifying because your heart, your hopes, your dreams, they're all on the line and I'm responsible. Yet I have so much strength in me. I have love for you, given to me by God. And it makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. You have no idea. Because of you, I don't get to rest. Not when I'm sick, not when I'm tired, but you are worth every mess. You are worth every sleepless night, every ache, every tear, because you are the reason I laugh. You are the reason my heart soars with delight. You are the reason I possess this love. You give me so much life. mother, I never knew such bliss. The real heroes, mothers. Can we ask the mothers to please stand up again? Even spiritual mothers, okay? If you're a spiritual mother, stand up. Yes. Happy Mother's Day, and we'd like to pray for you. God, we just want to thank you for this wonderful people, selfless, loving, giving their all to their children, the sacrifices they made. Lord, truly, Lord, perfect love is in them. You created people to demonstrate what true love is. These are the mothers. Lord, they're here today. Standing and bowing before you, we want to honor them. And thank you for the work that they have done. For the influence that they're continuing to do to make our world a better place. So Lord, we pray that you just give the desires of their heart. 
Bless them beyond what they can even think or imagine. Make them know how precious they are. Because, Lord, we love them. You love them. And you will take care of them. We commit them to you, Lord. Make them even greater as they are already are. Because you've created them to be like that. Mothers taking care of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Can you imagine a world without mothers? Seriously. You know, that's why we want to thank God for mothers. How many of you here have something to thank your mother for? Raise your hand. Those of you who are not raising your hand, either you are asleep or you are an alien, okay? You know the word for alien in the Philippines is singao, okay? I don't know where you came from, but mothers, you know, mothers have so much. You have, we have so much to thank our mothers for. You know, my mother taught me a lot. Our mothers taught us a lot, right? You know, what my mother taught me, okay? My mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed me saying, why are you laughing? I'm not even through yet. You better pray. The stain will come out of the carpet, okay? My mother taught me logic from her decisive words because I said so. That's why. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Okay? My mother taught me irony. Keep laughing or I'll give you something to cry about. Mothers, you are really wonderful, huh? My mother taught me stamina. You sit there till you eat all your malunggay, till it's finished. You know what malunggay is? Spinach. No, it's not, okay? For you, it's spinach, okay? For malunggay, I don't know, okay? My mother taught me about weather. It looks like as if undoy swept your room. You know, those of you not from the Philippines, undoy was a super typhoon that destroyed virtually Metro Manila. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world, I can take you out too. Ha. Huh. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. What? Well, the mothers are laughing. Look at her, she's ribbon racing her. I agree. My mother taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have a mom like you. Mom, we love you so much. You know, you taught us so much. In fact, Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. How sweet. As I look at you, you know, I really praise God for all of you. In fact, there's this line here that I could not quite understand. It says, mothers and daughters are closest when daughters become mothers. I think because the daughter will really find it hard to take care of the kids, and they leave the children to the mother, right? That's what you call apostolic ministry, okay? Right! And that's how I understood it to be. So, this morning, moms, thanks so much for teaching us. From the bottom of our hearts, we really thank you for the way that you've taken care. I remember my own mom, and I want to thank her. She's old. But I would like to say this to her. Thank you for teaching us so much. 
Today, we honor and pay tribute to all the mothers here. We'd like to start from the oldest. I would like to call on some people to come up here and praise God for mothers. From the oldest, I'd like to call Ethan Season. Okay? Good morning, everyone. My name, is, my name is Ethan Ethan Gabriel Sison. My dad, my dad is Edwin Sison, and my mom is Elaine Sison. I also have a very beautiful sister, Eliza Madeleine Sison. Today is my if today is Mother's Day, and my dad asked me to write something about my mom. <laughs> Every morning, my mom would get up, and the first thing she would do is grab her Bible, grab her Bible, and start the day with reading the Bible and praying. She always remind me to start my day with praying to Jesus. She also tells me whether it is good, whether whether it is school night or not. Always to read my devotion, daily devotion. After I read, she then would ask me to write something about it. She prepares yummy breakfast for me before going to school. On our way to my school, we listen to praise, wor praise and worship songs. And I always remember those songs that we sing here at church. Even my little sister starts to sing with us with funny sounds. My mom always tells me to do my best in school so that I can make Jesus smile from heaven. She tells me to be a good example in school so that others, kid, others kids will follow. She tells me also that if there are any kids that are mean to me, just walk away and pray to Jesus. When she picks me up from school, we would listen to praise and worship mus music again. After my tennis lessons, I would come home and have a delicious meal waiting for me. My mom cooks really good synagogue. <laughs> also, when I was four, my mom taught me to memorize all, fi all 52 states and their capitals. Thank you, mom. You are, uh, you are so awesome. At my school, my teacher asked us to write a short Mother's Day letter. Dear Mom, you are the most amazing mom in the world. If I could put three things in a basket for you, they would be soft vanilla lotion, a chocolate heart cookie, and a beautiful purple dress. First, I give you soft vanilla lotion so you can have good relaxation. You can use it after you shower. Next, I would g give you a chocolate heart cookie because I would bake it myself, plus I would make it crunchy. I, I hope you like it. Finally, finally, I give you a beautiful purple dress because when you wear it, I'll say you are so beautiful. You can wear it for dinner. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Thank you for being loving, caring, and patient. 
I always say thank you, God, for my mommy. My favorite verse is John 14, 6. <laughs> you are, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thank you. I love you, Mom. Next. We will be here the whole day, okay? Next, we have um, a, young, a young lady, Kita. I'm already crying. I didn't even <laughs> <laughs> read mine yet. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Gita De La Vega. Lately, I've been realizing how lucky I truly am to have my mom as my mom. I've been wondering, what did I ever do to deserve her? The only thing I can come up with is that God gave her to me because he knew I was going to be a stubborn one. Today, I want to honor you for who you are as a mother to me. I never really get to tell you how much I appreciate you, so I want to take this opportunity to do it now. Thank you for never giving up on me and always standing by me, especially when I get difficult. Thank you for loving me unconditionally, taking care of me, sacrificing for me, waiting in the car super for a super long time while I would be at rehearsals, protecting me and letting me be me. Thank you for always persisting in my relationship with the Lord, even when I don't do my part. Thank you for being an example and teaching me to never conform to the world and let other people decide who I'll be but rather conform to Christ and let him decide who I'll be. Mom, you're awesome. No matter what situation you're in, you're always there for me. Even when you're lying in bed in pain with an acidic stomach and a sore throat, you listen to my struggles. You're, you advise me on them and pray with me. I can always count on you. I honestly wouldn't be who I am today if you hadn't been there to encourage me, love me, push me, and continually share God's word with me. Lastly, thank you for being my best friend. Even if we aren't alike in many ways, you always find a way to spend time with me and get to know me. You are a true blessing, and I thank God so much for you. Proverbs 31, 28 to 29 says, Her children say good things about her. Her husband brags about her and says, There are many good women, but you are the best. I love you, Mom, and I pray that you would continue to grow in the Lord and discover him. Before I close, I want to greet every mother in this room. Happy Mother's Day. Mothers, I encourage all of you to continue to raise your children up in the Lord and to be an example to them. Never give up on them, no matter how difficult it gets or is, because in the end, you will be leaving them with hearts for God. God bless everybody and have a wonderful Mother's Day. Good one. So again, today we honor you. It's your day. We thank you so much for being the mothers that you are. And um, I'm sure all of you can relate to that. And those praises and tribute goes to all of the mothers here without exception. <coughs> if you think being a mom, sorry. If you think being a mom is a full-time job, try being a working mom. It's like having two full-time jobs with half-time pay. <laughs> right? Right, Char? Right, Jackie? Oh, they're not even mothers yet. I'm sorry. 
yeah, future, okay? You know, we just want to honor you today. Mother's love is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking. It never fails or falters, even though the heart is breaking. Wow. We love you, and we just want to honor you. Today is your day, so I'm just going to keep on praising and reminding you how happy we are. Happy Mother's Day, okay? That's Ethan Season destroying the garden, okay, and giving all of the things to mom, okay? And that's Edwin. Can you see Edwin? That doesn't look like Edwin, right? And then here's another mother when the children, you know, painted like, we love you on the wall, okay? And I can picture like Mrs. Jackie Kyok right there, okay? You know, uh, of course, you know, they probably don't have a daughter yet, but I think, you know, one of these days, Joseph, you'll have a daughter, okay? And that's the kind of mothers are. They want to complain, but, you know, but because of what they did, the children did, they just show love and concern for whatever they're doing. And here's another mother. Actually, I come here to lie down. I can't get any rest at home, okay? I think that is Mrs. Lucero, okay? Okay, Jenny, okay, that's for you, right? There's just too many of them, okay? There was this uh, second grade teacher who, you know, taught lesson on magnet and what it does for the whole day. Then the next day, you know, he gave a written test about this subject, and the teacher included this question to the students. My full name has six letters. The first one is M, and I pick up things. What am I? Half of the, stu half of the students said mothers. Okay. Mm, cute, no? Right? Magnet naging mother. Okay. You know, there's also a study where it says that, you know, 600 college students were asked to write down what they think is the most important or the most beautiful word in the English language. And, you know, half of them wrote mothers. You know, so we just want to praise you and thank you for all of the mothers today because you are really super. What's a super mom? Okay. She's got to be insightful as a psychologist, tough as a Marine Corps drill instructor, gentle as a nurse. She's got to be a labor and management negotiator, a teacher, an electrician, a plumber. I see my wife here, okay? A carpenter. He has an endless supply of energy, massive amount of patience, an iron will, and recognition of the fact that if ever she gets sick, she's got to get well before the, second, the end of the school day. Those are moms, and we love you for that. You know, this was not written by a Christian, obviously, but I guess it, it captures the picture of what a mother is. It says, God could not be everywhere, so he created mothers. Wow. You know, of course, God is everywhere. You know that, right? But regardless, I think it captures what, how, 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 how important you are to us for the things that you do for many of us. Thank you. Thank you, God, for moms. And I'm sure you will agree with this statement. If there's one person in whom we should be willing to overlook faults, it should be our mothers. You agree? Why? Why do you think you agree? You know, because they were overlooked so many of our faults. Huh? You agree? Denise, do you agree? Oh, yeah, she agrees, okay? You know, and this is just an ordinary mom. 
the ordinary mom of the world that you can say, I can overlook her faults because she's my mother. Can you imagine how much more if mom is not just a mom, but a godly mom? Can you imagine that? How much more can you overlook his faults? Godly moms are excellent witnesses that will build sound and healthy churches. Why do we need healthy churches today? Just look around you. Our world is not getting any better, is it? Say yes if you agree. There are so many broken families out there. Children are not being raised properly. And that's why we need, we need strong families. And strong families come from sound and healthy churches. And according to Titus, the Apostle Paul said in his epistle to Titus, he said, moms, godly moms, not just moms, but godly moms, you are excellent witnesses to build healthy and sound churches. That's why we appreciate you very, very much. A short background on Titus. This is the passage we will look today. It's a pastoral epistle, meaning it's a letter to pastors, especially to the young ones like me, okay? Kala si Pastor Reggie lang ang bata? Excuse me, bata isip. Okay, just like First and Second Timothy, these are pastoral epistles, okay? Uh, they were written to exhort um, and, and, and convince followers of Christ by speaking to them to practice behavior consistent with sound teaching, biblical truth that results in, in a sound church, a church that evangelizes and disciples. And chapter 1 of that passage warns us of false teachers. There were false teachers who were influencing people so that they will destroy Christianity. And then we pick up what we need to read for today. In Titus chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, we read, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men, to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and in perseverance. And then this is the heart of the passage I want to talk about. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossip, nor enslaved to too much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. This is the passage that I want to talk about and encourage you mothers with. First of all, we thank you and praise you for who you are. But at the same time, we encourage you. We challenge you. You look at me. We challenge you because in your hands lie the future of a sound church, a healthy family and a sound church. Behind all sound and healthy churches, I submit to you, are godly moms. Behind a healthy CCF LA church, I assure you, will be healthy moms like you who are here, and godly moms most especially. Godly moms, your godliness in the midst of an ungodly world matters much to us. This world is so ungodly. It has become so, so uh, I guess, decadent that we need to do something. And godly moms, your godliness is what we need in a situation like this. Godly moms make godly daughters who will be godly moms. Yes or no? 
in your, in your hands, in your care, lies the future of a sound and healthy church. Not only CCF, but all of the churches out there who intend to make a difference out there in the world. Godly moms, this is the topic for today, are maids, not born. Godly moms, I say godly moms, not just ordinary moms. Godly moms are made, not born. And that is true discipleship. There you go again. You know, this guy never lets up discipleship. Okay? To me, in my opinion, the only way that we can create godly moms in each and every one of you is true discipleship. Moms, your godliness matters much to us. Today we encourage you to be, to be persevering in your being godly moms. Let's go back to the passage and take a look at what it says. You know, it says, but as for you, you know, there, it starts with the word but. Every time there's, the, the, there's that conjunction but, it, it presents a contrast, right? Chapter 2 is a beginning of a different situation. Chapter 1 was all about false teachers. But chapter 1 is about what? Titus teaching the people of the church to be the kind of Christians that will make a difference and create a healthy, sound church. He said, but as for you, Titus, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men, am I talking to Tony here or to Sean or what? Okay. Or am I talking to Ulrich? Okay. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love. I'm going to skip that because we're going to talk that, about that in the future. Today, I'm going to talk about older women. I'm going to talk about Atisu, okay? Or my wife? No, no, no. My wife is older women. You know, the word older here does not mean, well, well, it can include physical age. But if you take a look at the Greek word, it actually means older in the faith. More mature, wiser. Those who have walked before us in faithfulness. These are the older men. But of course, or women. But of course, as you mature in the faith, you also age in your age because that's what it takes. So don't get offended if it's being referred to as older women. And you know what? It might surprise you if I tell you that, you know, the United States, by the way, is now the oldest society in the world. You know? Did you know that? Research indicates that the United States is the most old society in the world. You know why? For two reasons, I think. Number one, death rate has gone down because of health, good medical care. And then number two, a birth rate has gone down, right? I mean, I don't know, for some strange reason, I don't know why people in America only have one kid, one kid at a time. When we were in the Philippines, we were like seven, right? Twelve, right? You were 14, right? You know, uh, look, at, look, look, for example, where is Dennis? Is, Dennis? is Dennis here? Oh, where's Dennis? At the back? Okay, you know, I, I keep telling Abby and Dennis, these are young couple. They only have one kid. Right? So if you take a look at the percentage right there, you have two older people and one kid. Look at the statistics. What does that make? Two-thirds of America is now old, is what I'm saying. Right? In 25 years, people are saying that 20% uh, of Americans will be over 65. I am there already. <laughs> and then in another, uh, and not only that, another 20% will be over 85. Can you imagine? That's the situation we're facing right now. And you know what? There is beauty in age. Right? 
Look around you how old the people are. Okay? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, okay. Look around you. No, no. You know, guys, there is wisdom in being old. And and here, I guess Paul is so wise to address the older people of the generation because you know, I don't like a purely young church because a purely young church comprised of young people, I think, will lack wisdom. But people comprised of a balance of old people and young people will be a good recipe for learning. And, you know, that's why the Apostle Paul is addressing older people, not to offend them in age, but rather to commend them for what they know. So, older women, older men, it says here, you have something to contribute. There are three stages of life. You agree? One is youth. The other one is adulthood. And the third one is when when somebody tells you, my oh my, you are looking well. Okay? You know, I try to project my look when I'm going to be 85. <laughs> you know, man, I will look good. I don't know with you, okay? Uh, I, I don't know with you. I, 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 I hired someone to project it. This is when I'm going to be like 85 already or something like that. <laughs> hey, guys. The value of older people. I place there HGLC. Having GLC, okay? Having grown like Christ. The value of older people. Psalm 71, verse 17, in the New Living Translation says, O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood. I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me. Oh God, let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. You see that? You see the value of, of maturing and maturing right? You know, you will only be of value, I think, if the older ones walk in the way of righteousness. You may be old, but if you don't walk in the way of righteousness, I'm not sure whether you can contribute much to the younger people today. You know, this, may, this might tick you a bit or, you know, you know, like shake you up, but it's okay. I'd rather that I do it that way so that you will consider the key role that you're playing as older people in this congregation, especially the women as we address them today. Walk in the way of righteousness. Behavior based on sound teaching. When you are discipled and are discipling others, that's what it is. You will make a difference only if you walk in righteousness. You are discipling people and you are being discipled yourself. There's just, there's just, there's, there's no value in being old if you're not godly, if you're not a good example. Thus, the Apostle Paul lays down some very specific things about women and about older mothers to be evident in their lives to the body of believers, especially the women. And this is what he kind of insisted for many reasons. The reasons why older moms must behave consistent with fitting doctrine, he gave three reasons at least. Number one, he says, to exalt and, and, and lift up the word of God so that the word of God will not be discredited. So that the word of God will not be put to shame, in other words. If you are going to be righteous in your behavior, then God will be exalted. The word of God will be justified. Number two, 
It is to silence critics. There are so many people out there watching Christians, especially Christians who are older in the faith. If they see us practicing righteousness, then what will they say? Oh yeah, I think it makes sense. I will no longer criticize these people because they walk their talk. They talk their walk. And then number three, to demonstrate the saving power of God. It is in Titus. I don't have the time to go through it. I just want to let you know that these are the reasons why older people must behave fitting behavior consistent with sound doctrine. What are the examples of fitting behavior that we would like to encourage mothers to have today? This will be a very short message, actually. I would just would like to remind you that the Titus, through the Apostle Paul through Titus, is writing mothers to remind them of fitting behavior consistent with godly motherhood. And that's found in verse 3 to 5 of the passage. It's too small to see there probably, but I will summarize it this way. Number one, reverend and not malicious gossips. Godly women are not supposed to be malicious gossips. They're supposed to be holy and reverent. They're not enslaved to much wine. If you're here and you're part of CCF and you're committed to make this church a sound and healthy church, I would like you to consider today that you have a key role to play in helping godly mothers be made and not born. Two things. Number one, you have to know how critically important they are in building up the body of Christ. I established that already. In your hands, in your hands will be the future of a sound and healthy church. Unless you see how important the mothers are, then you dads, you children, we will not rally behind them to really make them the kind of mothers that they're supposed to be. And so we stand before you here, around you, together with you, to show you and tell you that we appreciate how critical your role is in creating the body of Christ. That's number one. Number two, the whole church, meaning us, the leaders, the older men, the husbands, the women, the young adults, the children, will collaborate in encouraging you to be godly moms through discipleship, through accountability, leading to GLC and to GLC. You know, God has really directed us to do the GLC for, for a good reason. Not just for the sake of going through a curriculum, but really for the sake of building up godly people, starting with godly moms in you. Because godly moms will make a difference in the church. So let's take a look at the first. Know how critically important godly moms are in building up the body of Christ. 
Are they really that critical? Huh? But they do not work. Do they work? You know, there was this young man. He got his first job. He was so yabang, okay? He was boasting about the amount of work he did. He just finished college and he's working. And, you know, he was telling his friends, you know what? I get, I get up at 5 a.m. and I have breakfast and I go to work. And he was asked, does anyone else get up when you get up in the morning? Oh, he replied, oh, yes, my mother. He, gives, he gets up and fixes my breakfast and then fixes my dad's breakfast. Oh, that's good. What about your dinner? Oh, yeah, my mother fixes that too. Does your mother have the afternoon off for herself? The boy replied, no way. Mama cleans the house, looks after the other children, and gets supper ready for me and my dad so that when we get home, we can eat and then watch TV. What about your mother? What does she do? The boy replied, well, while we're watching TV, Mama washes some clothes, irons the rest of the evening, etc., etc., etc. And then, and then the man asked, do you get paid? And of course, the, man, the, the young man said, of course I get paid. Dad and I get paid. What about your mother? Does she get paid too? Oh, no. She's just a mother. Mother don't get paid because she don't work. You know, what a misconception, right? You know, to those of you who think mothers don't work, believe me, they work. You know, there's a story. If you just go a day off one day, mothers, okay, just go a day off one day, let the husbands and the children see what chaos there will be at home, right? And so we really appreciate you because you work and you are not selling pusa. You are playing a key role in the building up of families that will become sound and healthy churches. You know what? You make or break the soundness of the church for two key reasons. And I would like you to pay attention to this. And this is for you mothers. You have to understand who you are. At the same time, for us who are not women, to take a look at you differently. Number one, because of your inherent weakness that can be exploited by the enemy. What? Women? Tess, you have a witness? You have a weakness? Oh yeah, Tessa, you have a weakness. Tess, Tessa, Raquel, okay. Maribik, you have a you have a weakness, right? What is your weakness? It's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. And then because of their inherent strategic role in childbearing and reading that must be encouraged. The first one, look at the first one. It says <clears throat> Genesis 3:16. To the woman he said, This is God talking, I will greatly increase your labor pains. With pain, you will give birth to children. You will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. Did you know that, ladies, you have a curse? And it's a weakness. And if you're not aware of it, it will destroy your role in building up the family. What is the curse? God said, you know what? You may not like it, but you're actually going to do it. You want to dominate your husband. But God said, I will not allow that to happen to you. So if you are not a Christian and you don't know what God's will is for you, you will imagine the kind of mothers out there dominating their what? Husbands. And that creates a lot of problems. And we, as your family, would like to make you, to remind you, hey, God does not want you to do that. Although you want it, you have to be discipled in that area because you may want to dominate your husband, but God said no, it will not happen. And if you don't realize that, you're going to be miserable, believe me, right? Because it's a curse and it's a weakness. Number two, 
in First um, Timothy 2, 4 to 15. It says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, whoops, because she was fully deceived, fell into transgression. You know, whether you like it or not, women, you led us to sin. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Verse, verse 16. But she will be delivered through childbearing if she continues in faith and love and holiness with self-control. You know what I discovered? There is a stigma, okay, about, about that, that, that fall. When you fell into sin, when Eve committed the sin and brought Adam to commit the sin as well, there was a stigma. But God provided a way to remove the stigma. You know, you know how to remove the stigma? You know, you will have pain in childbirth, yes. But more importantly, you will see the joy of rearing people become godly in their joy. And as mothers, you know that, right? When you see your children become the kind of children that God wants them to be, who feels good? You do. Because you know you have a hand in creating these children. And that's where it comes. And, and if you realize that you have a role to play in childbearing, then believe me, it will matter so much. First, it talks about reverent behavior. What is reverent behavior? In uh, Titus, it says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossip. Reverent in their behavior. You know what, it's, it's, it, you know what reverent behavior means in the Greek? Priest-like behavior. You know, you are supposed to be holy. Women, older women, you're supposed to be holy and reverent. Almost like priests. You know what? Because if you're holy and reverent, you will get the presence of God around you and you will attract and invite people to really enjoy the presence of God. That is being reverent. Not malicious gossips. You know, I was just surprised why malicious gossip was placed here. Really, seriously. You know, women, malicious gossips, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, okay? Um, but, you know, but it's there. Look, in, second, in, in Titus chapter 2, verse 3, it says, not malicious gossips. Well, you, what, you know, when you take a look at the, the Greek word for malicious gossips, you'll be amazed. Malicious gossips in the Greek is called diabolos. It's almost like the word used for like the devil. You know, if you're a malicious gossip, if you keep gossiping and you're slandering people, what do you do? You divide people, right? You are like, you're, you, you are actually behaving like, like the devil. Don't be like Satan because malicious gossips is Satan-like. I don't know why. You know, maybe this is the explanation. While men tend to sin and violently react physically, violent in their action physically, women, on the other hand, have a tendency to be rough or violent with their words. I guess this is a, this is a I don't know, um, physiological thing? I don't know. But obviously God knows what he's talking about. Like women are penchant to be careless with their tongue and with their words because they're weak. You know, I might be weak, but this is strong, okay? Something like that. And so the Apostle Paul is warning you to be reverent and number two, to not to be malicious gossips, all right? Not to be malicious gossips. Look at James 3. My wife gave this to me. James 3, verse 8. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless, it is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Proverbs 13, 3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. And, and it's a really addressed particularly to women because I think God knows that you are more, I guess, inclined to make a mistake in that area than, 
than that, okay? Sorry, uh, this is... Mom's cure for dad's bad temper. This, this is a courtesy. This is courtesy of my friend Raul um, uh, um, Pascual, okay? Uh, there was this mom, okay? Woman goes to the doctor worried about her husband's temper. And the doctor asked, what's the problem? And so the woman said, doctor, I don't know what to do. Every day, my husband seems to be, seems to lose his temper. Or for no reason, it scares me. Okay? And, and then the doctor says, you know, I have a cure. I have a cure for that. When it seems that your husband is getting angry, just take a glass of water and start swishing in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Drink a glass of water and start swishing in your mouth. Okay? Um, and don't swallow it until either he leaves the room or goes to bed and is asleep. Okay? Okay, so um, the two weeks later, the woman, the woman goes back to the doctor looking, looking fresh and, wow, revived, reborn. And then the woman says, Doctor, that was a brilliant idea. Every time my husband started losing it and getting angry, I swished with water. I swished and I swished and I swished. And he calmed right down. And my question is, how does a glass of water do that? Okay. And then the doctor said, <clears throat> a doctor said, the water itself does nothing. It keeps your mouth shut. That does the trick. Okay. <laughs> that was Raul Pascual. Don't kill me. Okay. No, I, I guess that was just a way to put the whole thing in humor. Okay, so reverent, number two, what? Not malicious gossips. Number three, not enslaved to wine, okay? Older women nor enslaved to too much wine. The background then probably was that women had so much time, and, you know, they, they found themselves, I guess, dabbling in their miseries, and they just started to drink. That was the context of the culture then, and that's why he said, you know, we don't want you to be enslaved to wine because wine dulls your senses. And if your senses are dull, you cannot be the kind of, of, of responsible mothers that you can be. Okay? To be in full use of their senses, not dulled for God's holy purposes. And then finally, teaching what is good. So you are supposed to be reverent. You're supposed to be uh, not malicious gossips. And then you're supposed to be what? Not enslaved to wine. And then finally, teaching what is good. Teaching what is good. Teaching what is good. And teaching what is good means discipling other younger women, whether they are your daughter or not. To do what? To love their family members, especially to love your husband and to love your children. Okay, Tess? And then doing duties at home. This is part of what the Bible is saying, right? And finally, kind and submitting to their husbands. You know, I cannot go through all of this today. We don't have the time. I just want to remind you that we are all here behind you and you know your role that you can do and you can only do that if you are what discipled godly moms we're here we're committed to help you become the kind of godly mothers that you can be through discipleship because if you're discipled you can do all of these things not instantly all of a sudden but step by step as you progress towards christ likeness does that, does that make sense to you that's why we are assigning you to older people, older people taking care of the younger people. 
And in this particular case, of course, it's women to women. And you do that through discipleship and even GLC. Why? Because godly moms, okay, godly moms will not, can, can exalt and not discredit God's word. Yes or no? If you're godly, you will, you will elevate and exalt God's word. If you are godly, you will silence the critics. If you are godly, you will demonstrate the saving power of God. And I will close with this. Godly moms, you can do it. You can be godly moms in this ungodly world, believe me. There's a big challenge ahead of you, but we encourage you that you can do it. Make godly daughters who will be godly, make godly daughters who will be godly moms. And then CCF LA moms, this is my challenge to you. You can do it. You can be godly moms in this ungodly world. Just be reverent. Don't be malicious gossips. Not addicted to wine. And teach the young women to love their families, to do their duties, and to submit to their husbands. And when you do that, you know, you will disciple the younger moms to be godly so that they can disciple the future younger moms to be godly. Is that difficult? Godly moms, is that difficult? It is impossible, right? And we keep saying the Christian life is impossible. It is not difficult. It is impossible. But you know what? When you are filled with the Spirit, as we have learned, you can. Right, Tessa? You can. Filled with the Spirit, you can be the godly mom that you can be. And for the finale that we will do for you this morning, we will remind you that God will take care of you. I would like to call the men of this fellowship to come up here. Okay? The men of the fellowship where the ladies sit there. Alex, come up here. All the men. Okay, Morton, come up here. Toti, come up here. Um, I will be the lead singer. <laughs> and this will be my ensemble, okay? Uh, Nat, where's Nat? Nat, kailangan ka namin. Bigyan nyo, na, bigyan nyo ng microphone si Alvin. Unbeknownst to you, we have been practicing for two years, okay? <laughs> and we would like to offer this song to you to remind you that you are very special, that in your hands lie the future of a healthy church, and we thank you for what you are doing. But on your own, you cannot do it. In the power of the Spirit, you can. But with the assurance that God will take care of you, you will be the kind of mothers that you can be. So, without further ado.
soldiers fears for God must fail. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day. I hope you appreciated our two-year practice. <laughs> we'll practice for five more years, and we promise you we'll do better. Why don't we all rise and pray, okay? Father, we just want to thank you for this wonderful service, honoring the moms. Thank you that through your words in this song, you will take care of them. And really, Lord, you will take care of each and every one of us. Father, today, we, we hold hand in hand, side by side, to see and uphold the mothers in this fellowship and all the mothers in this world today, O oh God. Because we know, Lord, the world will not be better unless the mothers will impact the lives of young people and fathers will encourage them and the children will encourage them to be the kind of godly moms that they can be. So Father, we just want to thank you that your assurance of your presence, the Holy Spirit, and your, your, your divine will that you will take care of us, Lord, things will fall as the way, the well they will be. We commit CCF LA to you, O oh God. 
we commit the mothers most specially to you. We pray that they will become the godly moms that they can be. And we pray that we, the husbands, the children, will encourage them through discipleship, will encourage them through prayers, will encourage them, Lord, by the love that we show them every time they struggle to do what they need to do. Father, bless us this day as we commit to you that CCFLA will be discipled towards a godly, sound church that you want it to be. Bless it, Lord. Use us, Lord, and use our mothers. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay.